episode of Roll or Die. We've been to most uh, places around Australia with our guests, but one place that we haven't been is the capital of Australia. And so we thought, who better to have as the representation of Canberra than the head coach of one of the biggest and some say best clubs in Canberra, uh, the head coach of Elements MMA, also Elements known as Atos. Atos, is it? Yep, Atos Canberra. Atos Canberra, uh, Ben Langford. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you both? Yeah, Good, really. Good, very well. And we wouldn't have been sitting here talking to you unless it was the amazing uh, Lauren Thompson, I think, the recently married. I believe. Yes, very recently married. Yeah. Were you at the wedding? No, I was over in Adelaide. It was still pre-COVID-related uh, travel restrictions for everyone, so... Okay. I think she was keeping it pretty small on purpose. Yeah, um, I saw that Liv made it across. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Lauren used to train with us in um, in Melbourne. And when she went up to Canberra, I guess she did a bit of research and tried a few gyms and uh, she's found her home there with you guys there. And tell us about your gym. Uh, so, yeah, we're based in the centre of the city. Uh, we're one of the few gyms in Australia associated with ATOS. Mm. Um, these days we're probably one of the largest gyms in Canberra and we have um, in addition to a very large student base and we just promoted two more black belts so I think this brings us to 13 black belts overall regularly rolling on the mats wow Um, and in addition to jiu-jitsu we have judo, wrestling, boxing, MMA weightlifting so we're pretty well set up when it comes to training for for jiu-jitsu and associated grappling arts yeah, I know when I, um, whenever I ask anybody who's travelled to Canberra where they've gone to train, nearly always they'll say they, they train at yours and always very positive positive feedback. What is it, do you think, about your gym that makes it so good? Um, well, from day one, we, we sort of built it deliberately with culture in mind. Um, so we sort of set out to build the kind of culture that I would want to train at. So something that was welcoming, but I had a big focus on skill development and actually improving not just myself, but everyone on the mats together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because of having that deliberate intention right from the beginning, it's allowed us to really set up this kind of gym culture that is now welcoming and self-reinforcing. And it doesn't matter if I'm there or not. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. everyone on the mat is a fantastic person and that anyone coming to join us, gets the vibe of who we are straight away. So we don't even have to say to people, hey, maybe you should train somewhere else. They can feel, <laughs> hey, this isn't the kind of place I really want to be yeah. at. Yeah. Yes, I really want to be here. So it just selects out very quickly. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a fantastic way for training together and improving. That's awesome. And what about like comp results? Do you find that your culture kind of breeds um, yeah, a, good, a good environment for competitors or is it more social rolling or is it a mixture? Like what have you got in there? Uh, it's a pretty solid mixture. So the style of, we focus primarily on teaching fundamentals across the board, mm-hmm. um, but having lots and lots of time to focus on uh, situational rolling, positional rolling, rolling with particular outcomes in mind. So we find that people get lots and lots of match time working on positions that they might necessarily achieve in a normal role, which is fantastic for up in the skill level of everyone in the room. Um, it also lets everyone develop their own style and game and purpose for jiu-jitsu. It's not up to me to decide what someone wants to do with their jiu-jitsu, whether they want to be a competitor or 
social role or interested in self-defense or fitness. Um, I'm there to teach jujitsu and provide this facility and these means to get as good as you can. And then you can take it where you want to take it. Wow. So yeah, yeah, these days we have some very established competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a number of, number of competitors getting ready for ADCC trials right now. Um, but we've been on Subversion, a few of the other major uh, professional grappling platforms. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're very lucky to have a, an excellent mix and have everyone still be able to interact across the board with your big time competitor or brand new. Everyone still gets to roll together. That's awesome. So what you were saying before, that's like specific training. I know me, myself, like I really discovered the benefits of that somewhere around sort of blue or purple belt. And um, yeah, can you, is that the sort of thing you're talking about when you're talking about positional sparring or? Yeah. So different. I mean, everyone loves to roll and rolling is great fun. Um, And it should really be a part of every class, but it shouldn't necessarily be the majority of every class. If you're interested in getting as good as you can, as quick as you can. Um, so we spend a lot of time doing like rolling like games in particular positions or maybe just looking for a particular outcome. So it could be anywhere from score a point, get a sub from mount, get to mount, get the back, stay on the back, mm-hmm. whatever we're sort of working on that day. We have some a lot of games built around that. Yeah, um, cool. Rather than showing something from back control and just hoping that you happen to get to back control in that class, we guarantee you'll get the back control and get some time spending there against a resisting opponent. And then we'll find a way to go back and integrate it into the total rolling edge. So it's not completely disconnected either. That's awesome, man. Yeah. What about your journey in jiu-jitsu? Like, how did you, how did you discover jiu-jitsu? Most people, it's the UFC. <laughs> Seems to be this common thing. Yeah, well, I'm back when I started in, I think it was 2004 or something like that. Um, I've been doing martial arts for a few years since I was 10, karate and that kind of stuff. And that at least put me in a position to find out what the UFC was at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, when I got a VHS from Video Easy <laughs> yeah. for, for UFC 1 and watched that, and I was very impressed and pulled out the White Pages phone book and looked up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and there was a single entry um in there and where so were just, you living at the time was that in canberra as that well, was or? in canberra so yeah. at the time um the highest strength practitioner in canberra was a blue belt uh, <laughs> called michael mcgee um so we all started together um yeah as a bunch of white belts led by a blue belt and we kind of just grew from there um but yeah very different environment to what people get these days awesome so 2004 so pretty much 18 so. years Wow. Yeah. I think yeah, I think I'm on 16 or 17 years. I, I foolishly did not keep track of the dates yeah. of yeah. Uh, belts or when I started exactly. Wow. So you're an OG. Like you're probably one of the longest uh jiu-jitsu or whatever you are, you know, whatever the name is in Canberra. You, you've been doing jiu-jitsu one of the longest. Yeah, I'll be one of the longest in Canberra. Oh. Yeah. So that's, there's, that's... there's a few of us still kicking around from that generation in Canberra, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, there was a, a, a small group and we didn't know very much. So we just kept doing those few things over and over again. And so was it sort of like in someone's garage almost sort of thing or just a little uh, bit? It was in the back room of a basement gym um, in one of the suburbs with like terrible old mats and 
no air conditioning or anything like that. It was very fight club esque. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we <clears throat> and we trained like idiots as well. Like you know, it was we weren't rolling to improve. We were just fighting each other and getting hurt. <laughs> it was the UFC era. Come on, yeah, man. it was. <laughs> And you follow the YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and before YouTube, so if we had a problem, we either had to work it out or pull our money to send someone off to Sydney or Melbourne to ask one of the few black belts in the country Bullshit. the question. You did that? You pulled your money to send people places? Yeah, so we'd, we'd they'd go, I'm going to go to Sydney, and so we'd all chip in for him to get a private, oh, say, Anthony wow. Laggy. And we yeah. have like a few questions that we just couldn't work out the answer to. So part of their private had to be answering those questions and they'll come back and show us. That's a lot of pressure. Like if you sent me to get that private, I'd come back with a couple of the details and have forgotten about <laughs> it. <laughs> no comment, Anton. <laughs> <That's been me. laughs> well. uh, yeah, so do you think like... I know. I mean, I'm. I only started in a little bit later than you. I started in 2009, and it was. I think even from when you started to when I started, and I was in Melbourne, was a little bit different. But um, I mean, I know myself. Sometimes I'll even say, especially to the girls, like you're so lucky now to have this one amount of people that you can roll with, like other high-ranked females. But even just the the amount of ability you have to go to YouTube and look something up or whatever. How do you think that affected your development of jiu-jitsu at the very start? Like, do you think, yeah, how would that compare to, like, say, someone starting now? I know in our club, for instance, they get introductory classes and they have very much their hand held through the start of those first few, especially six months of jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. It's quite overwhelming. How do you think it compares to how you guys had to do it when you started? Oh, it's, it's very different. It's definitely better now in, in every respect. Um, the, you know, the training is safer, which means you can train more often, which means you get better. Yep. The level of knowledge on the mats is greater. Um, but, and, and also like, yeah, like, like there's introduction classes and yep. you want beginners to stay around. Whereas as bad as it sounds like when we had a beginner class, that wasn't a new training partner. That was a target. <laughs> like I was the target for the first year I was training because I was yep. quite small compared to everyone else. And either you just, were lucky and didn't get hurt and kind of stuck it out um or you're sensible and went why am i doing this <laughs> and sensibly went and did something else where <laughs> yeah. 95 yeah. kilo men weren't beating you up like <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah well, you kind true. of opened the can of worms before for me like when you started talking about uh, uh some, some it was like you were, I, I actually forgot, but you're talking about something that you regretted basically earlier on in the show. Like, like what was what was it? I've, I've lost. Come on, Anton, we're only we're only 15 minutes in here. Yeah, I know. This this is is how get the details. Anyway, I lost <laughs> that. But what I was wondering, it made me think. Like, is there on your journey? It's a question we've never really asked a guest before, and I don't want to make the show go dark. But do you have any like BJJ regrets? Do you have anything that you like you would tell your past self? dip to do differently at this point because you've obviously been around for a long time and you've been through a lot of the evolution of the sport but uh yeah is there do you have any bjj regrets um i mean a lot of my regrets aren't too much of things i had huge amounts of control over but especially in those early days like i um they were a great bunch of people but like i said we weren't training to help each other out or really improve 
Um, and so as a result, we lost a lot of like potentially really great training partners, like people uh, who could have been brilliant or made me better or them better or other training people. So like we lost a lot of people along the way um, through no fault of their own, just because when we really didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you have those big pools of people to draw on, that's all these different body types and personalities and talents. And you limit yourself when you limit who's coming into the gym in that way. Mm. And that affects the whole gym. Um, so that, that's one of the big regrets of like those early days where, yeah, it was, it was really just a tough man contest to a certain degree. I love that, man. That's so insightful. Absolutely. Like if they didn't look and smell like an MMA fighter, you know, or the big yeah, exactly. be that they were ostracized basically. And then you lost that type of training partner. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, and like, and I was on the receiving end of that ostracism. I wasn't ostracized isn't the right word, but because socially they weren't kept out. It was just, it was just a fight. It wasn't training. Yeah. Know, there's that big difference between the two. Um, and if you were a littler guy and I mean, little alone trying to be a woman in that environment, like, um, but if you're just a smaller guy in that environment, it was tough because you were just a target. Yeah. Um, and I, it's there were some bullies in that environment as well, but for the most part, it wasn't bullying behavior. It was just that was the culture of that club. Yeah. And we as a group didn't really know what we were doing in the creation of that culture or how to change it. Mm. And that and sort of changed in Canberra over time. And hence why I guess you created a club of the kind of culture that your club has now, because that's like, you know, it's all about being inclusive and allowing people to train how they want to train. And all yeah, that. that's, that's a big part of it. Um, I think one of the other major differences is um, like, I'm a professional coach first and jujitsu second. So um, I, I came in with, the, the knowledge of how to create a place that's better at upskilling people and making a, a nice training environment and an effective training environment, as opposed to 95% of martial arts instructors, which were you've done martial arts for X amount of time mm. and your option is either stop training or become a coach. Yeah. Or the technician becomes the manager or whatever, you know, but that yeah. skills. Yeah. yeah. And how did you, um, find yourself aligned with ATOS how did that come about how did tell us about the I guess so is elements like the MMA sort of thing and then ATOS is the jiu-jitsu side of it how how does it work um well so like the the gym itself is elements fitness and martial arts mm -hmm. um so in terms of jiu-jitsu I guess ATOS is our overarching brand mm -hmm. um in the way that you've got say Will Machado as the overarching brand say Dominance Yep. Um, so it's ATOS and our, our, our school itself is Elements Jiu-Jitsu. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so shortly after becoming a black belt, um, we were sort of looking to align ourselves with a team that suited our culture and our approach to training. Um, and I'd been reaching out to a few different teams at the time. And when I got in contact with ATOS, um, I was very impressed. I was also a little bit intimidated when they came back to me because most teams are simply, oh, well, do you have $400 a month? Then you can join. Um, 
but ATOS was like, well, we don't let everyone join. We, have, we want to make sure it's a culture fit for us. We'd like to meet you or we'll interview over Zoom or Skype at the time. But there was, there was actually a process and they cared about who you were rather than just the dollar amount coming back to them, which very much impressed me. Um, so uh, we ended up deciding that we were a good fit for each other. Uh, so we affiliated with uh, ATOS and Andre Galvao. And it's been really good ever since. Like, um, not only do myself and the club get access to all these world champions coming through Canberra, which is something that hadn't really happened before. Canberra's mm. not a convenient flight between Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. So a lot of the big names tend to bypass us. Um, but now we're getting Andre Gaval and JT Torres and Josh Inger um, coming through um, just as a part of their Australian tour. Um, and if ever I have a problem, I can literally just reach out online and chat directly to one of them. I don't have to email intermediary or... So it's, it's, it's a very close-knit environment, which I, I really appreciate. Um, and obviously, I'm very, very impressed with the skill level they bring out. Um, so yeah, no, hands down, they're, they're definitely one of the, the top clubs in the world at the moment. So, yeah. Are you the only ATOS-affiliated gym in, in Australia? Or? Uh, I think there are two, maybe three others now. I'd have to check. Yeah. Um, but no, there's ATOS Brisbane. Uh-huh. Um, under Antonio Mota. Um, I think there's another one in Townsville. And I'm sorry, I, I don't know the instructor if you're watching. Um, apologies. Um, and Full Metal Jiu-Jitsu used to be associated with ATOS, but they've kept their affiliation with uh, Art of Jiu-Jitsu, the Mendes Brothers, when they got spun off separately. All right. Jugs, we've had, we've had him on the podcast before as well. Yeah. Justin D. Yeah, Jake Jugs. Yeah, what's yeah. your relationship with Andre Galvao like? Like, what's what, what's a day in the life of you, Ben, talking to Andre? <laughs> is, it, is it just a hey, fun brother? I mean, I've only had the the chance to go over and train in San Diego once myself. Yeah. Um, but it's it's fa- like it's fantastic. He genuinely has a lot of time for all of his students. Um, mm. He's in there co- coaching the classes, helping people out. Um, we met him for dinner while we were over there, which was really nice. And it wasn't like he had someone on the side reminding them of who everyone's name was. He just knew who everyone was, which was fantastic. Right. And yeah, it's just great to be able to hang out and chat. And when he comes to Canberra and visits, we like, we're able to hang out and catch up and train together. Um, it's just, yeah, very larger than life, smiling man, <laughs> fantastic jujitsu. Um, rolling him's like rolling an empty jacket whatever you do just suddenly goes his way wow like you feel like you're executing or something it's like it disappears and he moves around you and you he's, you're not where you want it to be um for any listeners who don't know who andre galvao is i'll just quickly share my screen and Come on, no one listening to this podcast surely doesn't know that i mean i'll take like <laughs> they don't know some people but hello <laughs> <laughs> Can you see my screen? Do you see the man? All right. Yeah. That's, uh, he's an absolute weapon. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they have a line of defense to him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a line of uh, communication. That's great. And he's been going forever as well. Like, yeah, he's. Yeah, very long. Very yeah. good. Like, prolific competitor for a very long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the. What, what. Like, do you guys get, like, 
competition style advice from a, from a gym that's, you know, got a lineage of such high level competitors? Do they, is there a conversation for competition or is everybody just trying to keep improving their jiu-jitsu? What's, uh, as in how do we interact? Like, can we approach them or is yeah, their mindset training, for example? Does anyone think about mindset in these sorts of environments and have secrets and, Oh, like there's de- like my, the mindset question has to be the single most common question asked at any seminar we've hosted for Andre or Josh you know, or JT. Really? It's, it's always question first question out of the gate. Wow. Um, and they're always very honest and answer um, as uh, as carefully and as well as they can. It's, it's one of those things that as a, as a as a coach I find a little frustrating because that kind of mindset's always got to be personal, like optimal mindset for you is not necessarily be optimal mindset for the person standing next to you True. and trying to just imitate Andre's preparation and mindset for a, a tournament um, isn't necessarily going to help you out. In fact, you can put people back. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 And Ben, tell us about the scene in Canberra. So as I said, we haven't actually had anyone previously on from there before. So is it, big is it relatively small do all all clubs kind of know each other what, what's it's, the vibe it's getting bigger and bigger um it's actually a, a decent number of clubs now from where we started with just a single club years and years ago um there are uh, quite a number of clubs these days everyone does kind of know each other but that's jiu-jitsu for you i think that's and it's also camera for you so the two combined um do do strongly link up but um there's us there's a chris howter affiliate um there's a couple of independent gyms the grappling brothers these days um shahar i don't know if you met shahar he trained briefly at uh, absolute after moving down from sydney Mm, well well known in uh technical australian black belt out of spma originally uh moved into canberra recently and opened up a studio in north canberra um so there's um yeah, a large collection of um, jiu-jitsu built around. And we're also fortunate because we have the Australian Institute of Sport here. Mm-hmm. It means we have access to some very high-level wrestlers and judoka um, wow. around as well. That's huge. That's a little extra, you know, arrow in the quiver, isn't it? That's amazing. Yeah, it's great having, like, Commonwealth Games um, or Olympians in some cases um, training nearby. Um and everyone's very friendly and gets along pretty well. It's yeah, absolutely. Wow, is this your gym? Yeah, I've heard great things about it. Yeah. Uh, this is the gym fantastic. in San Diego. This, this is, is okay. Uh, I, this is I was HQ. like, well, I was thinking, wow, this is a great Canberra gym here. Uh, what's the what's the website? Um, <laughs> I'll be Elements Fitness ACT. Elements. elements Fitness. You can see we we don't do ACT. a lot of uh, homework. Ben, yeah. sorry. Yeah, you've got a pretty strong women's team as well, Ben, because I've met quite a few of your um, female teammates. What do you think is the secret there? Like, do you think it's just overall the culture that um, then bleeds through to the females or... What, what um, do you put it down to? I, I think that culture definitely helps. But again, it was another thing we sort of deliberately set out to do. Um, we felt that women were underrepresented in Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, 
and it's exactly the kind of martial art that everyone should benefit from regardless of gender or physicality or um so we set out to create an uh a environment and an approach to training women that was both giving women a chance to feel comfortable in a new stressful environment that many people just aren't familiar with like body-to-body contact rolling around with sweaty men it's not a great starting point Mm. um, if you've never done anything like that before Um, but at the same time we wanted to create something where uh, these women were being genuinely upskilled we've seen a few examples of women's classes that were borderline creches they were never designed to help people get into Brazilian jiu-jitsu was just something where people felt a bit more comfortable but they weren't being taught properly either yeah we wanted to create something that was real for everyone but had a a way of getting in that was just a bit more comfortable um so you could get familiar with that kind of close contact um in a way that was just a bit nicer um than you might otherwise experience yeah it's such an interesting line i mean i i really don't know where the line is here and this is it's kind of a controversial topic but like lately i'm observing women in our gym they don't want to be treated differently at all they're highly they're offended they're offended if you you know like like i think women's jiu-jitsu is kind of moving in the direction especially well once that once they're once they've gotten going, you know what I mean? And they've broken through any of the, and this is for lots of humans, this is males and females, but once they break through that level of comfortability, then obviously any discrimination or prejudice is just a bad move, right? So it's like, if it's finding yeah. that, it's like getting the momentum, creating a very safe space just momentarily and then normal, <laughs> normal jujitsu for everybody, I, I think is the key. But yeah, I just, right. I, I've looked around lately and just seen, some women being pissed off because some of the men are actually kind of babying them a bit and they definitely don't want that, you know. So, no, and it's, it's not fair on anyone. Like, yeah. <clears throat> that's not why anyone trains in Jesus to yeah. be babied or coddled along. It's yeah. there for your development. Yeah, yeah. For, if I could interject, yeah, basically as a female, it's a, it is a real skill to roll with females, I think. it's a It's a real balance between being like a... A dead fish and going balls to the wall like there's got to be somewhere in between so what you almost have to do i think is try and take strength out of the equation yeah which is difficult especially when you're a beginner and you don't feel that you have a lot of technique yeah. it is really hard to pull back that strength yeah um but yeah it's it is a real skill and um, it's a blessing as a female when you find a, a training partner as a male, a male training partner that can actually do that for you, that, yeah. that can give you the technique mm. without the strength. Because unfortunately, as you know, 65 kilo male will be much stronger than a 65 kilo female, <laughs> whatever right. you, you want to say about biology, it's the way it is. So yeah. you've got to try and take that strength out of the equation. So I think having a, a strong technical foundation helps a lot to being able to roll with females. So it sounds like that's what you've got, Ben, at your club. Like very much the base, uh, the foundation is based on technique. Yes. Like yeah. uh, martial arts training should make you stronger and fitter, but you shouldn't have to be strong and fit to start doing martial arts. Mm. Um, and yeah, when you're training, you should be training for someone who's stronger than you. So really there's no conditions in which using strength work because 
if you're stronger than your opponent and you use strength, well, you're missing out on training your technique. Yeah. And if your opponent's stronger than you and you use strength, well, you're not going to win that no matter what. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. yeah. Um, you should be training all the time to try and take strength out of the equation. Um, and the, yeah, the people who are best at it are um, definitely excellent for training, excellent training partners for women coming out. Um, so they're just, it's it's a fair contest of technique rather than yeah a six, it's a tough one though because people. it involves taking your ego out of the equation especially when as a a, a lesser uh, experienced or maybe not quite as technical guy then has uh, partnered with a female that's a little bit more technical for them to be able to get to that level of technique suddenly they've got to up the strength mm. or they've got to accept the fact that oh my ego is going to have to get crushed here because I'm going to you know lose to a female. Yeah. which maybe they, they don't want to do. So I think the more females that are on the mats at a club, generally the less likely that is to happen because it just becomes kind of females become like normal training partners, you know, mm. they're just another mm. body, which is a difficult thing to do when you're just not brought up that way. I think as much as I want to say women's empowerment and, and all of that, the reality is that most men I think are brought up to treat women a little bit differently in a fight sport situation or a, a combat situation. So yeah, it's a bit tricky. What I'm what I'm thinking right now is that like it's one thing to train the women right in how to be introduced to the sport, but I think men should also be trained in how to match and mirror strength. Like if you match and mirror strength, then it takes it out of the equation, like you're saying, Ben. And then all of a sudden you've got a skill versus skill scenario, you know. And I don't think like Coaches might say to, to men, go easy, you know, with someone who's small than you. But go easy isn't actually what I see as the right advice. It's it's use only skill, you know, is probably better advice than go easy. Because go easy implies don't even use skill or something. I don't know what that means. You know, so that's, yeah, that's a very interesting conversation we're having here today, guys. I mean, a lot of it comes down like training is training, stop fighting. Who cares if you lose? Like, it's, I, I know it's easy to say that and people's egos will always get involved in some fashion. Um, but the more you can kind of just view training as a chance to get better, it doesn't matter who you tap to. Like I'll tap to a white belt, like, especially if I'm trying out something new. Yeah. Put myself in a vulnerable position. I mean, like, this is something that people in general have to get more comfortable with yeah. across the board. It's just... Yeah. A brown belt isn't necessarily going to beat every purple belt. Mm. And a purple belt isn't necessarily going to beat every blue belt. Mm. And if you're really training to improve, a man isn't necessarily going to be better than a woman. Why would they be? Right. Um, and the more people can kind of put things like that aside, the better they and the better the club in general is going to be. Mm. Um, but it's, it's still difficult. Like, I, our, my, like our era had no leg locks coming up. So we're sort of on the, like the tail end of that. So a lot of my brown and purple belts and blue belts are very, very accomplished leg lockers. Um, and they've had a lot more exposure to it um, than I have. So there's a lot of time where I'll enter a leg entanglement. That's really opening up the chance that I'm going to lose far greater than doing any other entanglement. Um, but that's going to help me get better at the leg locking game. Better than anything else we could possibly do. The losing, yeah, yeah, losing, getting in there and finding out. Absolutely, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. 
And then do you split your classes kind of evenly 50-50 between gi and no gi or is it more of a no gi club or what, what would you say? Uh, it's, it's normally almost exactly a 50-50 split. Um, at the moment, our th- we have three dedicated competition training classes a week. At the moment, all three are no gi because we have a decent number of people all doing ADCC trials in June. Yep. Um, so while they're preparing for that, we've turned it into a, like a mini specific training camp. So they're all working under ADCC rule sets and strategies and no gi. Um, but once that trial is complete, um, we'll be switching back to almost a totally 50-50 split. Anton, I've just had an idea. I mean, we've had that many guests on recently talking about these ADCC trials. You and I should live stream our podcast from there and we could like commentate some right. of the uh, event. I hope that I hope they put a stream on for these these trials because nearly every guest we've had on has been talking about it for the past couple oh, of months yeah. now. We're really together. I'd love to do that for sure. Yeah. So how how has their training been, Ben, the the guys? How many are you sending over? Do you know? Uh, it's a little fewer now. We ha- um, there was a COVID outbreak in Canberra uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, for the, the Omicron cycle, that caused a few more people sort of have to cycle out from concerns about family or um, work, which is perfectly understandable. But we've still got, I think, five or six competitors heading across. Um, and the training has been largely personalised around what they're attempting to achieve so whether or not they're planning to come out and play a leg locking game or more of a wrestle based game um because it's dependent on person to person weight class to weight class really yeah there's some huge divisions there's so many people um that i know of that are talking about it and even if you look on smooth comp you can see like the numbers are already like right up there i think Mm -hmm. some of the divisions have got heaps heaps of people in there so no it'll be great and Let's hope, uh, yeah, we get another good ADCC when it uh, when it happens. We're nearly out of time, Ben. Did you have any final words or any last oh, thank, parting Thank thoughts? you both for having me on. Uh, I hope that was uh, entertaining enough for everyone there. Um, you were great, man. You're absolutely great. You know, you, you opened up a really interesting set of conversations. So thank you so much. Oh, it'd be fantastic to come on. Um, if you're ever looking for someone from Canberra again, I'm happy to jump on once more. Great. Um, uh, yeah, it was very nice fun chatting with you both. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll have this podcast out. We've got a couple in the can at the moment, but we will have this out probably in a couple of weeks. So if you could share it with your networks, that would be awesome to help grow our audience. We have a little fan base now, and I think it's getting bigger and bigger. So we'd love to have some Can Canberrians uh, listening as well. Is that what you call Can Canberrians? Ken Burns, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. No apologies, it's taken this long to get someone from Canberra onto the show, but um, yeah, it's. I guess we started this podcast initially as a kind of a way to connect with the community in primarily Melbourne when we were locked down through most of 2020. So now it's uh, expanded across the whole country, and yeah, we look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, Ben. Take yeah. care, my friend. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Take care. All right. See ya. Bye.